You're listening to a message from Third Church in Richmond, Virginia, where we believe we are called together for the renewal of all things through Jesus Christ. To learn more about Third or how you can get involved with our community, please check out our website, thirdrva.org. That's T-H-I-R-D-R-V-A dot org. Thanks for listening. Well, um, I'm Corey. If you don't know me, I'm the senior pastor here at Third, and really grateful for all of you who may be here for various different reasons. Um, and just wanted to say again, echo Becca's thanks to all of you who made it possible. I mean, it, it's truly amazing. I mean, I, we were here for, the first time I, I think we came into this space was over a year ago when we were exploring where we would be during the renovation. And someone suggested this space here at Regency. And I remember coming in here for the first time and we were just like laughing, right? Not, not only laughing because of the idea of worshiping where you bought your skinny jeans and sparkle tops, um, but also laughing just because of the sheer amount of labor that would have to go in to actually making this viable for a church of more than a thousand people to be worshiping for a year and a half or more. And so it's just truly incredible. It's truly astounding <laughs> to consider what God has done, what God has done through his people, what God has done in opening so many doors to make this space and this place possible, which is no longer just a space. Now it's our church. It's our place. It's our place of worship. Um, it's our sanctuary where God has called us to be with him um, in this time period. So just so grateful for that. Uh, we are um, starting a new series today for this um, new calendar year, um, and it's called Come and See, and it's based on the Gospel of John. And there's a couple of reasons why we're doing that. The first reason we're doing that is because of the time of year that we happen to be in. Um, here at 3rd, we use a church calendar to order our time together. Um, this is actually a calendar that we, that we created here that kind of leads our life together. We're, what we're doing with the church calendar is we're saying that the main thing that's going to direct our time and our calendar and our sense of, uh, a sense, even the sense of our scheduling and time in the world is not the calendar that the world gives us, but is Jesus Christ himself, that we want to pattern our lives around the person of Jesus. And so we began our year in Advent, um, and then we moved into Christmas, and this Sunday is the first Sunday of Epiphany. And then soon we'll be moving into Lent and to Easter. And so this, this particular season of the year through Advent through Easter is really the season where the church has typically zeroed in to look at the person in the life of Jesus. And so often we'll study one of the four gospels in this time of year. And so this season uh, we're looking at the book of John. We haven't done that together in a while. And John has a lot of wonderful, obviously, uh, things to say about Jesus and who he is. Um, the other reason why we're doing this is because a lot of the themes of John are uh, very um, relevant to the place we're in right now. Um, we're calling this series Come and See, which is also the theme uh, that we've chosen for this period of time at Regency. You've probably seen those three words, come and see, everywhere. It's literally plastered across the windows and the walls of this, of this place. Um, and come and see, as you'll discover today, is a theme in the book of John, and it's an invitation. It's an invitation to discover. It's an invitation to experience it's an invitation to know something new. Um, and that's what we want this time period to be. We've said it in the past and I'm saying it now, y'all. This is not just like a waiting period for us to twiddle our thumbs and wait until we can get back into our renovated building and forest, as exciting as that will be. This is a moment, a season of beauty and opportunity that God has given us in this place. It's a mission, it's an adventure. And we're asking, what is God gonna do? What's he gonna do with us? What's he gonna do among us? Who is, what new neighbors is he going to call us to reach and to meet? 
And so I want you to have that spirit of expectancy as God is inviting us to come and see what God will do. Amen? Amen. Okay, so um, let's read together from John. I'm going to read. Um, last week, we didn't have a service, but I did a little recorded message on the beginning of John 1. So today I'm going to read from the middle of John 1, just four verses, John 1, 35 through 39. So if you're turning your Bibles there, you can just listen. I'm going to read John 1, verses 35 through 39. So let's hear God's word. The next day, John, that's John the Baptist. John the Baptist was standing with two of his disciples by the Jordan. And as he watched, Jesus walked by. John exclaimed, look, the Lamb of God. The two disciples with him heard John say this, and they followed Jesus. When Jesus turned and saw them following, he said to them, what are you looking for? And they said to him, Rabbi, which translated means teacher, where are you staying? And he said to them, come and see. So they came and they saw where he was staying and they remained with him that day. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon. People of God, this is the word of the Lord. Did anybody see a beautiful sunset this week? I mean, there were some gorgeous sunsets this week. I, I remember particularly on Wednesday evening, I was in my office over um, on Forest Avenue, and I was talking to Sarah, my wife, um, and it was about 5.15 or so, and I, as I was speaking to her, I just happened to look out the window, which is facing the western sky, and the whole sky was just uh, a, a, a beautiful canvas of pink and orange. And I just stopped, and I said, oh my gosh, Sarah, look out the window. Have you seen the sunset? And she couldn't see it very well from our kitchen window. So when we hung up the phone, um, she said to Franny, our youngest, who was there with her, she said, Franny, come and see this. And so they went out the front door and they walked down the street where they can get a picture of the western sky. And they sat there and they just stood there in the middle of the street and they looked at the sky and they took in the beauty. Come and see. This is what we humans say to each other. When we see something beautiful, when we see something that stops us in our tracks, and what we inevitably want to do is we want to tell somebody, usually somebody that we love, we want to invite them along so that they can see it too. Come and see. And what I want you to hear this morning, my brothers and sisters, is that this simple invitation, come and see, is the invitation that Jesus is giving to each of you, to each of us. Jesus is saying to you, come and see. Come and see what I want to give you, what I want to show you what I want you to experience. That is the most simple way to understand what it means to become a Christian, what it means to live as a follower of Jesus, is to respond to his simple invitation to come and see. So let's just look at that invitation of Jesus this morning. The first thing I'm gonna look at is that Jesus invites us to come. Jesus invites us to come. Uh, what does that mean? Let's, let's look at this story together. Um, if you have your Bibles, you can just look at it with me. In verse 35, we see that John the Baptist is out um, on the Jordan River, and John the Baptist is doing what John the Baptist does. He's baptizing, uh, and he's preaching, and he's calling religious people broods of vipers. It's awesome, right? That's what John the Baptist likes to do. And he had gathered quite a following of people, and it says in verse 35 that he was standing out at the Jordan with two of his disciples. Now, it's not named here, but we find out later in the chapter that one of the disciples is Andrew, 
But the other disciple is never named, so I'm just going to call him Buddy. Okay, so Andrew and Buddy. Andrew and his buddy are, um, are standing out there with John, and they're part of his group. They're part of the crew of John the Baptist. And yet, the whole time that they've been with him, John the Baptist has been saying to them, y'all, it's not about me. I am not the hero. I am not the star of this show. I am here to prepare the way, to point to, to bear witness to the one who is coming after me, who is the real star of the show, the Messiah, who will come to save God's people. So they're standing there by the Jordan, you know, John, Andrew, and his buddy, and they look up, and John sees, John sees Jesus walking by, and he points his finger, and he says, look, the Lamb of God. He's using the language of, that Jewish people would have understood, the language of the Passover Lamb, you know, the one when God delivered God's, God's people. And, and he, John is saying, this is the guy I've been telling you about. This is the one that we've been waiting for. This is the Messiah, the one who was to come. And so Andrew and Buddy do what you would probably do if you suddenly saw somebody famous walk by that you have heard a lot about of, you would try to get a closer look. And so they start following after Jesus. Now, I can imagine, like imagine if you saw somebody famous, I don't know, like you saw Taylor Swift or somebody, you know, walking down the street and you wanted to get a closer look, you know, you would follow her, but you probably would keep a healthy distance because you didn't want to seem like a weirdo, right? And so they're, they're following after Jesus, you know, maybe with a healthy distance, and Jesus turns around, and he sees them, and I love this. Jesus just says, hey, guys, what's going on? What are you looking for? And Andrew and his buddy, they stop in their tracks, and they say, ah, rabbi, which is a term of respect. You staying around here? Now, I'm, <laughs> I'm not sure why they said that, maybe because they're sort of trying to indirectly invite themselves to hang out with him. Maybe it's just because they were embarrassed and they were, they were frozen and they just said the first dumb thing to come into their heads. But anyway, I love what Jesus does. He responds simply, come, come along, come with me, come and see. And that is how the first two Christians, the first two disciples of Jesus are born. A simple invitation from Jesus to come along with him and they go. I love this because the invitation of Jesus is so kind, so gentle, so non-confrontational, right? Jesus did not demand that these two guys, before they follow him, that they fill out an application to demonstrate their competency. You know, he didn't invite them to, you know, make sure they have all their doctrines straight and that they can recite the Apostles' Creed and they have all their right questions answered and they have all their ethical problems worked out. You know, he, you know, he just invited them to come along with him and to get to know him and to experience him and learn what he's about. That's the invitation to each of you. And on the disciples' part, they, they do have to do something. They had to act and move and respond. They could have just said, oh, no, we just wanted to get a closer look at who you are, but we have to get back to work. And anyway, we're part of the Church of John the Baptist, so we kind of need to stick with him. No, they, they, they move. They, they leave John. They leave what's familiar. They follow after Jesus, even though no doubt they had a lot of questions there's a lot of things about Jesus that they didn't know. There were a whole lot of unknowns ahead of them. They took a step towards Jesus to get to know him better. And so my question for you guys as we start this new year in this new place is how are you going to respond to the invitation of Jesus that he is inviting you to come with him? How are you going to respond? I think that will mean different things for different ones of us that are in the room. 
Um, some of you here, I would guess, are just exploring. Maybe you're just curious about what church in a mall looks like, and you wanted to just come check things out today. Maybe you've been at Third for a while, um, and you've been attending, but maybe you don't see yourself as a Christian, but you're just checking things out. Or maybe you're a young person. Maybe you're a teenager here today, and you're a student, and you know your mom and dad um, are Christians, but you're not sure what you believe. All of that is cool. I just want to ask you, challenge you, what is it going to mean for you to take the next step towards Jesus? Because it doesn't mean having all of your questions answered, and it doesn't mean knowing exactly what you believe about everything, but it does mean doing something. So maybe it will mean uh, this year, instead of just showing up every once in a while, uh, you show up every week here. Uh, Maybe it means instead of just slipping out anonymously at the end, you stick around and get to know some people and start to explore Christian community. Uh, Maybe it means taking the next step to intentionally uh, actually ask and explore the questions you have about Jesus and about the Christian faith. So all those are ways that you might respond to the invitation of Jesus to come and get to know him. Um, Others of you, I know there's a lot of you who are Christians and who've been been Christians for a while. And so I want to ask you, what would it mean for you to take the invitation of Jesus to be with him and get to know him better this year? Uh, Maybe it means establishing a new habit a new habit of prayer, a new habit of scripture reading, a new habit of worship. Um, Coming here each week as we explore Jesus together, maybe it means a new habit of community, finally joining a group or a parish group, or maybe it finally means doing something to address that hidden secret part of your life of sin and struggle and temptation that you are keeping hidden away. Maybe this is finally that year when you get help and that you ask for help from Jesus and from his people. So this will mean a lot of things. Responding to this invitation of Jesus to come to him, I think will mean a lot of different things to those of us in the room. And yet for every single one of us, it means action, movement, that you do not stay in the place where you are now, but that you take a step towards Jesus in some way or another. The Christian faith is not practiced mainly in the mind, but in the life the body, the the whole self. So what are you going to do? Jesus is inviting you to come, to be with him, to respond to him, to go after him. How are you going to move towards the one who is asking you to come to him? So that's the first invitation. Jesus invites you to come. The second uh, invitation of Jesus is to see. Jesus doesn't just say come. He says come and see. What does that mean? Well, now the immediate context of this passage is to see where he is staying, but as you pull down the layers of John, you'll see that a lot more is going on here. Uh, Seeing and sight are a huge theme in the Gospel of John, and in fact, they've already come up several times um, early in chapter 1. So if you look, if you remember in John chapter 1 verse 14, the verse actually that I looked at last week in that recorded sermon John, uh, the writer, says this, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. A few verses later, John writes this, uh, no one has ever what? Seen God, but God, the one and only, that's a nickname for Jesus, who is at the Father's side has made him known. And then later, just a few verses later, John the Baptist uh, says this, I have what? seen and testify that this is the Son of God. So the message is that 
as you see this person, Jesus, you see and know the living God and you see and experience life itself. In fact, that's what John, the writer, says is the whole purpose of his book. He says this at the end of his book in 20 verse 31, these words are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. To see Jesus is to see God, and to see and know God is to have life itself. Here's why this is such a big deal. Um, A lot of people, maybe some of you, have big questions about God, about religion, about ethics, about morality, about theology, about the meaning of life, and it's really important to ask those questions. I love to ask those questions and talk to people about them. Um, I used to do this thing through Needle's Eye called Spiritual Shots, where we would go to a bar, and I would talk for about 10 or 15 minutes about a really difficult topic, like, you know, how can God be good when there's so much suffering, or isn't the Bible regressive and patriarchal, or, you know, some, some difficult topic like that, and then people would just debate. We'd ask questions, and we'd talk about it, and there was a season where there was this group of very committed um, atheistic uh, PhD students from the biology department at VCU were coming, and we always had some very animated conversations, and one guy in particular um, was, was particularly curious and zealous, and we got to be friends, and we started to go have beers together, and we would talk about these questions. Um, and one day, after talking many, many, many questions, I said to him, look, man, if I answered all of your questions in a coherent and intellectually compelling way, would you become a Christian? And he said, probably not. And I said, well, don't you think that might be? Because you are ignoring the main question that Christianity is asking you, which is what you think and believe about Jesus. And he said, yeah, that's, that's probably true. And that's really the rub, right? As important as all the questions that we have about God and evil and sexuality and theology and and the meaning of life and all all of these complicated things. All that stuff is secondary to what Christianity really is because Christianity is mainly not a philosophy or a way of life or a moral framework or even a religion if you define religion as a human construct created by people to get to God. Now, Christianity is none of those things. Christianity is one thing. Christianity is Christ. Christianity is Jesus. And to see him is to see God, and to know God is to have life. And that's great news, because while there is plenty to do in the Christian faith, uh, the Christian faith is mainly about what has been done, what has been done by God and Jesus, what Jesus has done in his life, his death, in his resurrection. The Christian faith is not about how hard you need to work and what you need to do and how you practice religion. He does, Jesus does not invite Andrew and Buddy to come and work or to come and pray or to come and do or to come and meditate. He invites them to come and see because in seeing Jesus, they see God and in knowing God, they know life itself. And so I just want you to know that if you're here and you are beginning your spiritual journey, I wanna encourage you to keep asking your hard questions, but do not ignore the most important question, who is Jesus? We want this to be, and I just want all you third folks to hear this. We want this to be a safe place for people to really explore that question 
And for you to do that in a way that is safe, in a way that you won't be judged by anybody, whatever your background is, whatever your issues are, whatever your lifestyle is, you are welcome here to explore that question that is the main question of all, who is Jesus? And third, friends, I want you to hear, we want this to be a season and a time period here at Regency where we have all kinds of new people and new friends who may be different than us coming and we welcome them into this space. And our main goal for them is not to make them like us. Our goal is that they would see Jesus. Because in seeing Jesus, we see God, and in knowing God, we have life. Jesus is inviting us um, to see him, right? Okay, so Jesus invites us to come to him. Jesus invites us to see him. And then finally, one last thing that you might have missed, that Jesus invites us to stay. It says in verse 39 that they went and they saw where Jesus was staying, and they spent the day with him. Now, I am blown away by this. Here is this Messiah, this God in the flesh, and the most exalted person who's ever lived, and the very first thing he does in his first recorded day of ministry is hang out with two ordinary guys in his apartment. This is, um, this is a very imperfect example, but some of you know that after college, I went to work for a, a, a fairly famous Christian author named John Stott, and before I went to work for him, I knew a lot about him. Um, I knew that he was a famous author, that he'd written over 60 books. I knew that he was considered one of the greatest preachers of the 20th century. I knew that he was named by Time Magazine as one of the most hundred most influential people in the world. So I, like, I had him sort of in awe, right? Like he was sort of a, uh, a, a pretty, uh, a person of very significant reputation, and I was a bit in awe. And I flew to Chicago um, to meet him, and there was like a fancy dinner, and then John Stott and I went over to in this little room to do kind of an interview, and the first thing he does is he pulls out this uh, little plastic vitamin container, and he says, do you want one? And I said, a vitamin? And he said, no, I fill this with M&Ms. Because um, <laughs> I hate, I want people to think I'm healthy, but I love chocolate. Um, and he was so, he immediately disarmed everything. And he asked me questions about my family and about me and about what I loved. And, my, and I immediately, it was clear to me immediately that despite his age and his towering stature and his reputation, what he was interested in was not impressing me, but in knowing me and in me knowing him. And that is what's going on here in this story to the most infinite degree. Jesus has been introduced in the most exalted way possible he has been called uh, the eternal and everlasting word, the second person of the Trinity, the one through whom God made the world. He has been called the son of God, the lamb of God, the long-awaited Messiah. I am sure these two disciples must have been absolutely in awe of who this person was, and yet Jesus turns around and he says, you want to hang out? You want to be with me? And he invites them in to his life to stay with him. And the word stay that's used here is fascinating because it's the Greek word Meno, which is the same word that John uses later in John 15 when he says, abide in me, Jesus says. Remain in me. Remain in the vine. Remain in my love. And that's what Jesus is inviting us into, to stay with him, to remain in him, to abide in him. The VIP of the universe, the most important person, is inviting you to be with him, to live your entire life with him in fellowship with him, now and forever. This is an astonishing invitation, so much more astonishing than if the president or a movie star or the most famous person on the planet asks you to lunch. This is the one who made all things, and he says to you, stay with me. And so here's what you will find as you do that. As you stay with Jesus, as you stay with him in your life and in your work, 
and in your play and in your parenting and in your joys and in your sorrows and in your struggles and in your pleasures and in your pain as you live in union with Jesus, which we will learn about in this gospel. As you do this, you will find what John says, you will find life. You will find joy and peace and meaning and beauty. You will find the amazing truth that you are never alone, that Jesus is indeed with you. You want to be able to face anything, do anything, endure any kind of suffering? Hear the invitation of Jesus. Stay with me. So friends, this is the invitation that Jesus is offering to us in this new calendar year, to come, to see, to stay. And this is what he's offering us this table as we celebrate um, being in this new place at this table. Jesus is here and he says, come to this table, bring your burdens and your sin and your sorrows and your struggles. Bring it all here to me. I'm here to receive you. He's inviting you to see. He's inviting you to look at this bread and this wine, look at this table to see the Lamb of God giving his life for you that you might be forgiven and that you might be free. And then he's inviting you to stay, to remain in him, to abide in him, to do your life with him, to never be alone, but to walk with him forever. Come, see, stay. Jesus is calling you. Let's pray. just want to give you a moment to maybe consider that Jesus is indeed here and that he is indeed asking you to come to him, to see him, and to stay with him. What are you going to say to him in response right now? Maybe just say a word to him. Father, Son, and Spirit, we thank you that through the person of Jesus, we see you. And we thank you that through the person of the Holy Spirit, Jesus is present here. So we pray as we come to this table, we would know and experience that Jesus is here by the power of the Spirit, that he is calling us to come, he's calling us to see, and he's calling us to remain, to stay with him forever. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.